This is Comic Shenanigans, episode 337, Comic Reviews for the week of Wednesday, January the 6th. Welcome to the Comic Shenanigans Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Chapman, and this is episode 337, where we take a look at the comics that were released on Wednesday, January the 6th, for a bit of bite-sized pellet reviews. If you want to email us at Comic Shenanigans, you can do so at comicshenanigans at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook, rate and review us on iTunes, subscribe to us on iTunes, and you can also listen to us on Stitcher. Every week we take a look at comics that came out the previous week, so today we're taking a look at a few comics, I think eight comics, from January the 6th, starting with Amazing Spider. Spider-Man 1.2. So this is uh, part of the arc that's bringing the Santarians back into the current Marvel continuity, or not really back into, or just reintroducing the characters as they haven't been seen since uh, Joe Quesada's Daredevil Father miniseries. Uh, So this is uh, basically a miniseries, but they're not calling it that. It's 1.2. So again, it's just one of these... They, they they seem to indiscriminately just decide to do different numbering schemes because for Spiral, which was uh, in the last volume of Amazing Spider-Man by Jerry Conway, uh, they just did, uh, what was it, 16.1, 16, 17.1, 18.1, etc. And here instead they're doing 1.1, 1.2, 1.3, 1.4, which they did similarly with uh, Learning to Crawl back in the last volume of Amazing Spider-Man with 1.1, 1.2, 1.3, 1.4. So they're kind of going back and forth in terms of how they want to number these kind of stealth miniseries that they don't want to call miniseries because they know that there's people who's going to buy every issue of Amazing Spider-Man no matter what because we're ridiculous. Um, and that's kind of how I feel like they definitely know that I'm ridiculous with this issue because it's not very good. Uh, it's uh, Amazing Grace Part 2. Issue's called My Heart to Fear. Uh, it's by Jose Molina with artwork by Simone Bianchi. Um, I really don't like this issue. I found the art was muddled, the colors were all over the place, um, the art just didn't work for Spider-Man, uh, again, half the time the colors didn't really work, it felt kind of murky and not clear what was actually happening half the time, uh, the story by Melina I found, um, to be very superficial, uh, the parts in Cuba felt like it was a, a dissertation or a lesson on Cuba, not like I was reading an organic story, um, I don't think the Centarians are really being well written at all. I think they're interesting characters, but you wouldn't know that to look at them here or to read about them. Uh, I'm not going to say much else about this issue. I'm going to give it a five. I think that's a little high, but um, it just, I I personally thought it was mediocre at best. Uh, Next up is Batman and Robin Eternal. This is issue 14. I think I like this a little bit more than the last issue. Um, This issue, we're finding more about, finding out more about what happened in Prague a few years ago. Uh, with um, Robin and Batman and Scarecrow and Mother. I think that element is, is, is interesting. I think this issue in, on the whole was a lot more intriguing than the previous issue. Um, I'm excited to kind of see what, what happens next. I'm not sure why they're going to Spiral HQ, but we'll see. Uh, I'm excited to see more about St. Dumas. Um, so on the whole, I think it's still an enjoyable issue. I'm still not as excited by Batman or Robin Eternal as I was about Batman Eternal. I think Batman Eternal was a superior series. It went on a lot longer and had a lot more going on, and at times there were elements that didn't really end up working and weren't as interesting or entertaining, but for the most part, I think when it clicked, I think it clicked more than Batman or Robin Eternal has. Um, eh, maybe six and a half. I'll give it a seven, but it's, it's a weak seven, if that makes any sense whatsoever. Uh, next up, uh, well, I do everything by um, alphabetically. So typically I would be talking about Darth Vader, 
But I'm actually not going to talk about Darth Vader yet. Instead, I'm going to talk about Star Wars number 14 because Star Wars 14 um, is the the next chapter of Vader Down, and I'd rather not uh, talk about chapter 6 and then go back and talk about chapter 5. Both chapters are great. Uh, it's too bad we got everything kind of smushed into one week, um, but it's been a great crossover, uh, very organic. Um, Star Wars 14 is written by Jason Aaron, artwork by Mike Diodato. Uh, Diodato is just, his artwork is really good here. It's very um, cinematic and, and very much captures what these characters look like from the films. Uh, we get to see Wookiee on Wookiee action, which is very cool. We get to see um, Luke have, kind of having visions in this uh, old Jedi temple. Darth Vader has similar visions in the temple. Uh, Vader has a cool fight against um, General, what is it, Gen- Commander Corbin. Uh, violent, but very cool to see. Um, very kind of cool ending as well that really kind of hypes up what the next chapter is going to have in store uh, and then got a great last page with uh, Leia having a blaster aimed right at Darth Vader's head uh, although I feel like the only thing that doesn't work not, not that it doesn't work it's great in and of itself I'm going to give this issue like a 9 out of 10 I think it was fantastic and really well paced uh, it's not even that it doesn't work it's just that when you read Darth Vader, it kind of starts in a somewhat different angle. Like, it doesn't look like she has quite as good a shot right at Vader, and she's a little bit farther away. But I do think that getting into her head, and I'm already switching over to Darth Vader, so I gave a 9 to Star Wars. Uh, Darth Vader, um, the idea that as Leia is taking the shot, she's remembering Alderaan blowing up, which is a really cool kind of concept to have her focusing on that, and at the same time, she's getting called by. Um, C-3PO because there's you know basically she has to choose between vengeance and um, trying to kill Darth Vader to avenge Alderaan or protecting her friends and who who basically become her new family um, which is really kind of cool to see Uh, great kind of climactic issue Um, Vader is a badass I mean everyone kind of gets a a good moment to themselves Uh, even like Luke doesn't realize how lucky he is to even have survived. Um, a great sequence where, um, uh, what was his name? BT, you know, or murders a bunch of like Imperial guards and no one realizes what's really going on. Uh, and then Afara gets uh, cold cocked by Leia and uh, she's been abduct- abducted. So I'm really curious what that means going forward. Or at least I think she gets. Abducted, or she just left on this planet. I guess that's not exactly made clear, or maybe it is, and I don't, don't, already don't remember. Um, I'm interested to see where the two titles go from here, because obviously they were building up to coming back together. Now they're doing their own stories again. Um, but both books remain incredibly entertaining. I'm going to give Darth Vader an eight out of ten. I don't think the art is nearly as strong. Laroca does a good job, but nothing he can do is quite as good as Diodato on Star Wars. Diodato's beautiful work on Star Wars is going to keep it a little bit higher. Uh, maybe I'll give Darth Vader a, an 8.5 because it's still a well-paced comic. looks great, but it doesn't quite look as good. Uh, and Gillen's script is punchy and it's good, but it's not quite Aaron's script. So both are very entertaining reads, though, that's for sure. Uh, then we got Deadpool number 5. Um, I'm, I'm really digging this new volume of Deadpool. Uh, I think it's really entertaining and interesting. Um... You know, good climactic aspects here of, of where we've kind of been going with uh, Madcap. Uh, very brutal and kind of insane, but 
enter- an entertaining issue, good violence, <laughs> if, if that could be called that. Um, great action. I like that Deadpool's got these all these mercs working for him. I think that really works for me. Um, Jerry Dugan wrote it. Artwork by Mike Hawthorne. Um, I, I, again, I, I like Deadpool. is okay, but I'm not a huge fan. But this book, since it started, has actually been very entertaining and very consistently entertaining. So I'm going to give it an 8 out of 10. Uh, next up is Doctor Strange number 4. I'm really not sure how I feel about Doctor Strange in general. I, I think I like it. I just... I'm not quite sold on Bacala as the artist. Uh, something about how he draws Stephen Strange, he just looks a little too young, and it doesn't quite work enough. I think Jason Aaron's script is very strong. I just think the art is kind of what's missing. Uh, it's still good art, don't get me wrong. It's just, I, I don't think it's quite the right fit. It's still good, but it's. I think that a different artist could probably uh, amp this up this book up a little bit more and give it what it deserves and maybe make it more of an 8 out of 10 instead of a 7 out of 10. Very entertaining though, the idea of um, you know, there's going to be lots of punching and learn to puke without puking uh, sounds almost like really weird but I think, I like how Jason Aaron's really kind of com- coming up with very specific rules for how magic works and the idea that it takes a spiritual cost uh, not a physical cost. So if you punch with your fist, it's, it might hurt your fist. If you're using words and using magic, it's going to hurt you inside, your soul. Uh, it, it's going to make you puke internally. Uh, or it's going to make it come out externally. I think that's kind of a cool concept. And seeing how they go here and the idea that magic's kind of dying is, again, very cool concepts. I just wish the art was a little stronger to kind of carry it out. Uh, next up is the Totally Awesome Hulk number two. This is by uh, Greg Pak. And I believe, who's the art in this? Uh, Frank Cho, of course. Um, this is great. I mean, I know some people are skeptical. I think reading a uh, Amadeus Cho book with him as the Hulk is very entertaining. Seeing how Hulk is different, his version of Hulk is different. How he, a lot of similarities to classic Hulk, but also big differences. Uh, having him going up against this, this you know villain here, who's you know creating her own army. It looks like we get to see Hulk versus Fing Fang Foon going forwards. Um, we're still slowly finding out what happened to the old Hulk. That's the only aspect that I wish that they'd just kind of tell us already, as, as opposed to slowly, you know, kind of letting us see it. I wish they would just kind of hit us with it. I get it's a storytelling conceit, and I'm sure that he's building up to it for a reason, but I just kind of want to know what's going on without having it slowly dragged out for me. Otherwise, it's an 8 out of 10. It's a great book. And next up, and the last, actually, is Uncanny X-Men number one. Uh, this is the new uh, book that's being launched by Greg Land on art and Colin Bunn doing the story. Um, I really I really dug this. I mean, there's not a lot here in terms of real s- plot progression. We just see, you know, these people who um, have paid, I guess, an organization to put themselves in cryopods, for lack of a better term, uh, because they're afraid that they might die because of the Terrigen Mist. So they want to be in these kind of ecopods to protect themselves until such time as the mists are no longer an issue. Um, so there's not a, like a lot that's actually happening. We have a, a battle against this truck that's carrying these people, and then they have a bit of a, a discussion with them about what they're... they're they don't want them to be traitors. They want them to be, you know, be out there and be, be mutants and not be running away from mutant problems. And if you're a healer, you deserve, you should be healing people. Um, I like that kind of concept. We're not really getting a sense of where these X-Men are actually really from or where they're based from, but there's more than enough time to 
for that to kind of be released to us in the future. Uh, the Dark Riders look like uh, they're weeding out the weak here, um, so they're going to be kind of be the the main adversaries for these new version of the Uncanny X Men. Uh, there's definitely some seeds here planted for just what is this team doing? How is Archangel here? Why is Betty Betsy here? Uh, what is she worried about? Um, Archangel, how is Archangel even a thing? Um, I think Colin Bunn does a great job of seeding out some ideas and plots uh, without kind of giving us too much. To... Instead, we kind of hit the ground running with some action and adventure. <laughs> and hopefully, as the future issues kind of roll out, we'll get to see a little bit more of what is the real place in the world for these X-Men and how they operate. But for so far, I was really impressed. I like the art by Greg Land. <coughs> I think it was a solid, solid debut. I'm going to give it an 8 out of 10. Now, unfortunately, there was a lot of comics I have not yet had the chance to read, and some of the highlights include new issues of Barbed Wire, Batman Beyond, Te- Detective Comics, Swamp Thing, which is actually a new launch from DC, uh, Uncle Scrooge, uh, A-Force uh, has its launch from Marvel this week, a new issue of Contest of Champions, new issues of uh, Invincible Iron Man, I'm excited to read that, as well as, uh, I believe, A-Force... I already said A-Force. And this Iron Man, as I said, um, Spider-Gwen, Spider-Man Deadpool, Ultimates 3, Vision, Weird World, etc. If we look forward to our upcoming week, the week of uh, January the 13th, let's see, we got some good releases coming out from DC. We've got new issue of Batman Superman. Uh, we've got Batman Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles number 2, uh, Earth 2 Society number 8. There's a Flash hardcover volume 7, Savage World, as well as the 6th trade paperback. Uh, from Green Lantern Corps, Edge of Oblivion number one, which is actually a two ninety nine launch. I there are some books from DC that are at two ninety nine, like Batman and Robin Eternal, uh, Catwoman, Constantine, Earth Two Society, uh, Gotham Academy, Green Lantern Corps, as I just said, uh, New Suicide Squad that's coming out, Red Hood Arsenal. There, so there are a bunch of books here and there that are still two ninety nine with DC, a Starfire, for example. Uh, next week we also have um, I think the conclusion of Robin War as well as Superman American Alien number 3 from IDW we'll have a new issue of Donald Duck uh, we'll have Max Maximize number 27 reprinting old issues of Max as well as uh, we'll have Walt Disney Comics and Stories number 727 uh, from Image next week we'll have Limbo number 3 New Mercy 26 Violent number 2 Walking Dead 150 a surprise that there aren't more covers considering how many covers they had for issue 100 uh, and then for Marvel there's a bunch of launches or at least one maybe just one I, I misspoke we have the launch of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, there was new issues of all new all different Avengers all new Hawkeye all new Wolverine all new X-Men it's a lot of all new comics uh, a new issue of Black Knight with Frank Thierry who was recently on the show talking about his work especially Black Knight Captain America Sam Wilson number 5 there's the new Daredevil epic collection Touch Typhoid super excited about that uh, Death of Wolverine um, we've got a new issue of Extraordinary X-Men and Guardians of the Galaxy uh, new issue of Illuminati, new issue of Mighty Thor, like a lot of kind of exciting books, I would say. A new issue of Silk, Squadron Supreme. Uh, for those enjoying Star Wars, there's the second trade paperback called Showdown on the Smuggler's Moon, which kind of leads up to... I'm glad that they're really publishing those really quickly so that you don't actually lag that far behind current storylines, um, as well as new issues of Uncanny Avengers and Web Warriors. So that's coming out on uh, Wednesday, January the 13th. So that's uh, some good stuff to look forward to. So anyways, thank you for listening to Comic Shenanigans. This has been episode 337. I am Adam Chapman. I have been your host for this episode. I'll be your host for many more episodes to come. Uh, I'm not sure what episode 338 is going to be yet, but episode 340 will be exciting because that'll be our, uh, or at least it should be, our Secret War Spotlight episode where we talk about the recently or finally concluded 
included Secret Wars event, which was ending on, as I said, January 13th, so this will be timely, and we'll be talking about that event and the main series as well as some of the other tie-ins with AJ Reese and Paul Scores. At least that is the plan, and hopefully that plan comes to fruition. So thanks again for joining us, and we'll catch you next time. Bye-bye.